thinking back to why why I was impressed to start a church, and it started back in 1972. I was at a uh, I was at a hockey game in a bar. It was and and it was hockey Russia and Canada. The first time they ever played off against each other, and I was there with a broken thumb and in a cast, and um, and I had this friend, this friend Doug Way. He used to get me in fights all the time because he would go around and say, you don't want to mess with that guy over there. He, no, he would do that. He would, he would do that. He, he, that guy can really hurt you. So these guys jumped me in, in the bar, and I started rolling under the tables trying to get away, and three guys stood up and, and stood with me. And they were the Kane family from North Preston. And I didn't know them. But what I learned, like, see, I don't know where racism comes from. But it's evil, evil, evil. And uh, so they stood up. And, and uh, so then when I started a church, uh, well, I didn't start the church until 1990, but I had it in my heart that I wanted to break racial barriers and and matter of fact, I got to the place where if there was a black guy and a white guy fighting, I'd favor the black guy because of the, all the persecution and things that I'd seen over the years. And so my heart was to win uh, a bunch of people to the Lord and and it, have one culture. See, because there's only one race on the earth. It's not just it's not us and them. It's just us. Yeah. But until you get it, you don't get it. As long as you see black and white. You know, I said, I said to a guy the other day, I said, the problem is you're still black and I'm still white. And I can't help being white. I apologize for it if it will help you. But that's not my heart. And so I didn't know what I was doing. So when I started the church, I brought a, a, a black preacher in, George Moss. I brought that guy in every year. We had, uh, we had, Tons of people saved and filled with the Holy Ghost in those meetings, but they still went back home. The, the thing never, ever, never, ever came together, and it was frustrating for me, and I kept at it and kept at it. And then after, after 30 years, I'm looking and thinking, I've been an absolute failure in that I could not, could not break that barrier. And I've been praying and seeking God, and I'm saying, God, you know, and how many of you know I've had some Battles with my health. <laughs> if you think it's bad, read read Second uh, Corinthians chapter eleven and see what Paul the apostle went through. <laughs> he said, uh, "I was shipwrecked five times, I was stoned three times, and left the day and night in the deep." <laughs> but when I read that, I realize he was the Protoss. He called himself the Pro Protoss, the prototype of the church, and he. What he was saying is, I'm your test pilot. I'll go through things that you'll never have to go through so that when you're dealing with things, you can look and say, hey, it's not that bad, right? So it's not that bad. So anyway, here we are now, after all these years, and I'm getting ready to start again. And I know that I am. I know that I've had health issues, but they, like Wednesday and Thursday, I was with a Two doctors on Wednesday, two doctors on Thursday. They finally took some drugs away from me. Hallelujah. 
But I determined, I determined, and I because I know that I'm healed. Just you know, when you you know God, He's not going to leave you failure or forsake you. He said, "I will." Isn't that Hebrews thirteen six? I will never leave you, never fail you, never forsake you. What does never mean? Never. He said, "I will never leave you, never fail you, never forsake you," so that we can boldly say. Not timidly say, boldly say, God's on my side. I'm not afraid of what men can do unto me. God is on my side. Get some backbone instead of wishbone. Come on, come on. Work with me on that. So I want to start over, and I'm hoping you'll be with me. Don't want to see any racial stuff. If you got it in you, then pray God take it from you so that you can see that, you know, that there's the blood of Jesus. Right. And uh, on the inside. Hmm? We're all the same on the inside. We're all the same on the what color who cares what color your house is? Yeah. You live where you want to live. Just you know, let me live where I live, that's all. So anyway, we started that church and we had so many people come in to the to well, first off we started in the Kinsman Center. We had people from North Preston in particular coming in and getting saved. <laughs> Filled with the Holy Ghost, we were having parties in there all the time. Then we then we moved to the Caddy Startmouth Inn. They had to tear it down after they left. Uh, we had some Holy Ghost times in there, and so I'm thinking back. I'm looking back over 32 years and thinking, yeah, but we're still black and white. Like, what is this? What is it? And so I said, God, give me another chance. I'm not done. I don't know what I'm going to do, but are you with me? Yes. Good. Let's get it done. Amen. I mean, George can't come around anymore, but I mean, think of the years that he came here. And think of, and like we, and we had so many people come into those meetings. And we took pictures in those meetings, and you couldn't tell people were standing up or laying on the floor. Just the Holy Ghost moving. And with all of that in the natural, we accomplished nothing to bring, to bring unity in the body of Christ. Still black and white. Come on. And I know that he's coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, washed in the blood of the Lamb. He's not coming for a black church. He's not coming for a white church. He's not coming for an Asian church. He's coming for the church of the living God. And we are going to come together. And oh, how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. He said it releases the anointing and it flows down from above. Hallelujah. And so... You, you can't say, well, it's just my culture. Get over it, your culture. See, if any man is in Christ, yes. a new creation, that means whatever you were before, you're not anymore. This is a brand new day. Whatever you were before, you're not anymore. And so, um, yeah. <laughs> no, but I had this, it's just been on my heart. And, and so let's go to Luke chapter 13, please. Could I have a tissue for my issue? Thank you, sir. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the doctor said, right now, then you're as good as you're going to get. There's nothing more we can do for you. Yeah. And then I read Isaiah 53. <laughs> but there's one thing about hoping. There's nothing about knowing. 
But when you know, you know. Doesn't matter what it looks like, doesn't matter what it feels like, you know something that the world doesn't know. Hallelujah. I'm preaching till I'm 92, and then they're going to negotiate. If you're all gone by then, I'm going with you. But if you're not... <laughs> okay. Where did I say go? Is that where I wanted to go, though? No, it's not. Well, then let's just go right to Matthew chapter 24. Hallelujah. And Jesus went out in verse 1 and departed. That means forever. He didn't just go out, he departed forever from the temple. Not going back there anymore. His disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. Look what Herod did over 34 years. Look at all of this. Jesus said unto him, See you not these things? Verily I say unto you, there will not be one stone left upon another that shall not be thrown down. And that happened, of course, in 70 AD. And some of those stones, if you ever go to Israel, they're like 150 feet long. Like, how do you pick those up and throw them out of the way? But they did it. They tore that thing apart. And um, because God said they were going to. But in verse 3, he says, He sat down among, among, upon the Mount of Olives and came unto them privately and said, Tell us, when shall these things be? Question number one. Question number two. What shall be the sign of your coming? Question number three, and, and the end of the world. Well, when you read what he said about uh, I got to find that, that verse in Luke because it's a key to what I want to teach today. Okay, uh, Luke 13, verse 6. Yep. Holler when you're there. He spoke this parable. A certain man, this is God actually, a certain man had a fig tree planted in a vineyard and he came and sought for some fruit and couldn't find any. Then he said unto the dresser of his yard, Behold, these three years I came seeking figs and found none. Cut it down and why, why cumber the ground? And he answered and said unto him, give, give it one more year. Give it one more year, and if it bears fruit, well, and if not after that, you can cut it down. That's the nation of Israel. He gave them 4,000 years, and then at the end of it all, he said, well, you're not going to bear any fruit, and you're done. And they were gone. They were done and gone for until 1948. In Isaiah 66 and verse 8, it says this, Will a nation become a nation again in one day? One day, May 14th, 1948, they came back into the land. Just like God had prophesied that they would, but they were scattered for 2,000 years until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Now, the times of the Gentiles are the goyim, the nations, and that's us. So one thing that I know for sure, he said this generation won't pass away until all these things are fulfilled. So... You want to know what day you're living in? The last day. <laughs> so, you know, get serious about it. This is the last day. Not a day to play. It's a day to get filled up with the Holy Ghost and share Jesus with somebody. 
Yeah, he said, if it bears fruit, well done. But if not, cut it down, cut it down. So he cut them down to the ground for 2,000 years. And, and, but now back to Mark, Matthew 24 and verses 1, 2, 3. He went out, he departed from the temple, from Israel, and his disciples came unto him to show him the buildings of the temple. Jesus said, see these things, and not be one stone left upon another, it shall not be thrown down. And again, in 70 AD, he sat on the Mount of Olives with his disciples when they came to him privately. They came privately, so there was just that small group. Tell us, when shall these things be? Question number one. What shall be the sign of your coming? Question number two. And the end of the world? Question number three. And he answers these questions, two of them in, in um, Matthew 24, but the other one he goes over to Luke chapter 21. And the reason why he does that is because they sound so similar that you think that they're both the same. But when you read Luke 21, you'll find out it talks about the diaspora and it talks about the, the times of the Gentiles. So let's go over there, shall we? Luke 21, and where will we begin? Well, verse 19 is a good one to stop on. In your patience, you possess your soul. In, in other words, gain mastery over patience. An irritable disposition, disposition doesn't cause the eternal change that you're after. Okay, but this has got nothing to do with what we want to talk about today. It's just, I saw it there and had to say that, okay? Verse 24. Verse 22. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are, with that are pregnant in that day. In those days, there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon the people. They shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the, trodden down until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. That happened, like we just read about in Luke, that happened. And up until 1948, they were scattered for almost 2,000 years. And then, then when they came back into the land in 1948, so did the, so did the other nations, Iran, Iraq, and all those others. They, weren't, they were gone for all that time. They didn't come back into being until, because they had to fulfill prophecy. I hope I'm being clear with this. I don't want to lose anybody on it or confuse anybody. The times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Two days or 2,000 years. How do you know that? Well, let's go to John chapter 4 as well. Now, in John chapter 4, we know the story about how he, Jesus went over to Samaria, a Gentile nation, right? And he went over to the Samaritans, and he preached to a woman over there. And, uh, and she went and preached to the city, and they had a revival in the place, right? You all know this story? Verse 19, the woman said, I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> Amen. Verse 24, God is the spirit. Those that worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. Verse 34, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish the work. Verse 39, and many of the Samaritans of the city believed on him for the sayings of the woman 
which testified, he told me everything that I ever did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he stayed there two more days, 2,000 years. 2,000 years until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. He stayed with the Gentiles. He left the church in Matthew 24. Bible says he went out of the house and departed. And now here he is over here showing you what he was doing for two for 2,000 years. Verse 42, and he said unto the woman, now we believe because, not because of your sayings, for we have heard him for ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Now after, do, after two days, he departed. After 2,000 years, he's departing and we're going with him. Are you ready for that? Amen. Okay, now back to Luke 21. Verse 25, it says, And there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and upon the earth, distress of the nations, perplexity in the sea, waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things that are coming upon the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken and they shall see the Son of Man coming. Who? But the good news when you read this is remember that you're coming with them, <laughs> which means you already joined them when this takes place. You see these things begin to come to pass. Verse 28, look up, talking to the Jewish people here now, look up for your redemption draws near. And he spoke to them a parable. Now here's what I want to look at today. Behold the fig tree and all the other trees. The fig tree is Israel and all the other trees are Iran, Iraq, the other nations around there. He said, Look at all those trees. When you see them be like again, May 14th, 1948, he became a nation. They became a nation again in one day. So this is them. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When now they shoot forth, you shall see and know of your own selves that summer is near at hand. Our season, summer. Hallelujah. The earth is, re come on, the earth is, bringing birth to the fullness of God's kingdom here on earth. So likewise, you, when you see these things coming to pass, when you see what's going on in the news right this moment, so when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is near at hand. Verily or truly, I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all these things are done. This is the most exciting time that you could ever be alive on this planet right now. I know that when you look at it in the natural, it doesn't feel good. But I mean, when you read about Hamas, they showed up in Noah's day. Mm -hmm. Way back then, they were known as fearful spirits, warring spirits. So it's nothing to do under the sun. I think the big thing there is to make sure that we don't get mad at people. Realize that it's spirits that are leading these folks and that they can still be saved. These, you know, God can get them. Amen. But now the next verse is important to us because if this is where we are, this generation, this generation, this generation shall not pass away until all these things are done. So if I'm aware of that, I need to go to verse 34. Take heed to yourselves. 
Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of life, so that this day doesn't come upon you all unawares. What is surf what is overcharged? It's burial in the Greek. It means you get your head down, you're not paying attention to what's going on. Uh, a headache, a hangover from drunkenness. <laughs> and and then the net, the last one, of course, is anxiety, sleeplessness. These are the three conditions that cause you to become dull and unable to make intelligent choices. So it's so if we know that this is the time that we're living in right now, then we need to figure out that we need to shake off anything that's holding us back. Yes, you know, like like what can stop us now? Who can stop us now? Right. Again, when I read Psalm two, Psalm two, well, let's go there. Why quote it when we can look at it? A multicolored, multicultured church. Hallelujah. No one judging anyone else. Just love one another. They'll know. Well, he said. They'll know you by the way you love one another. Yes, right. right. <laughs> you want the world to know? You think it's all about going door to door and witnessing? No. You start loving on one another and watch and see what happens. I'll guarantee you if the black and the white community only, if just that much came together and started hanging out together, people would say, what is, what in the world, no, what in the word is going on here? That's right. Hallelujah. People putting down their offenses and things. Anyway, so I'm too, Gary. Okay. Why doth the heathen or the goyim, why do the nations rage and people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth have set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, and, and his anointed, by the way, is you. Come on, join First John two twenty and twenty seven. The anointing that's on you. Why does it? Okay, so let us break their bands asunder. Let us cast away their cords from us. He that sits in the heaven. Then this is our part. How do you say that? Because Ephesians 2, 6 says that I'm seated in heavenly places yeah. in Christ. Yeah. So if I take my seed, I'm doing the same thing that he does. Yeah. That's the big thing about, that's the big, some verses that people really need to remember. Ephesians 1, 3, already blessed us with all the spiritual blessings. 2, 6, seated, in, seated with him in heavenly places in Christ. Those are key verses. So it doesn't matter what's going on out there. It doesn't matter what's going on in here. Take your seat. Yeah. Take your seat. Amen. Hallelujah. He that sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. I don't know what place that is, but it sounds confusing. <laughs> then shall he speak unto them in his wrath 
and vex them with his sore displeasure. Not only that, I believe your laugh intimidates the devil. It does. It's like, is that all you got? That's it? That's all you got? He is nothing. He has nothing. He's got nothing. That's right. We got it all. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Whatever your King Uzziah is, kill it today. When the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. What did he look like? He was high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. And the angels were crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They've been doing that for eternity. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And that's all they want to do. They are so overwhelmed by being in his presence that there's nothing left. <laughs> there's nothing left. Just want to say holy, holy. We get this idea we want to travel around heaven and look at this and look at that, but I really believe that when we get there, the first couple thousand years are going to be hard to get up off the floor. <laughs> oh, God. First off, slide into home plate. I made it. Hey. Yes, I made it. <laughs> Safe. What a word to hear from heaven. Safe. Where did I stop? And have them in derision. Then shall he speak of them in his wrath, and vex them with his sore displeasure. Yet, he said, I have set my king upon the holy hill. But let's drop, drop down to Psalm 3. This is just good stuff here. Huh? No, it's got nothing to do with what I've been talking about, but it's just good. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many are they which say there is of my soul, there's no help for him in God, but thou, O oh Lord. See, then, matter what else is going on, you got to get to verse 3. <laughs> yeah, it's been rough, but thou, O oh Lord. Ah, but thou, O oh Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. And so in the middle of everything else that was going on, he said, I laid down and slept. Yeah. I woke and the Lord sustained me. I'll not be afraid. 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 I'll not be afraid of 10,000s of people. Doesn't matter what's going on in the world, I will not be afraid. Romans 8.28 is my reality. All things are working together for my good. Romans 8.31 is the truth. If God be for me, who? Verse 37, in all these things, I'm more than a conqueror. I'll not be afraid of 10,000 people that have set themselves against me around the boat. Arise, O Lord, and save me. The interesting thing about this when you read about it is he was running from Absalom, his son at the time. Absalom was trying to kill him. Absalom and a whole army of Israel, including Ahithophel, his war counselor, were coming after him to kill him. And he went up past the Mount of Olives. He said, excuse me, boys, I need a dap. 
Now think about it, how you can get to that place in God. There is a place in God that you can get to where it doesn't matter what's going on, you can lay down and sleep because you get the peace that passes understanding, rule in your heart and rule in your mind. I laid down and I slept. What an astounding thing when you understand the circumstances. Your own son is coming to kill you. And he raised up an army against you while, while you thought he was working for you. He was your associate pastor. And he raised up a whole army against you. And now, what are you doing? He said, excuse me. I laid down and I slept for the Lord sustained me. I laid down. One thing to lay down, another thing to sleep. Man, you got to be, you got to be operating in good faith when you can lay down in spite of all the things that are going on. Say, excuse me, while I take a nap. Hallelujah. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.